Yes, Oklahoma State laid a massive dud to get the dub against Central Arkansas. But there's no need for us all to lean back, mean mug, and shoulder shrug. It's all because we just came out giving purple bear hugs, called half the plays like we're high on drugs. So what's the deal, Gundy? Come on, man. What's the rub? You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You know we're available on every single podcasting platform, visually as well on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, at All Day State. Today we were brought to you by the Bees, Knees, and All Clothing Brands, which is bird dogs once you buy them and put them on you will never want to take them off that is a promise that they can deliver on speaking of promises delivered what happened what happened against central arkansas purple bears well the scripting thing i kind of get all right everybody's gonna get equal opportunity the same amount of series so on and so forth okay so it wasn't all bad Right There was the good, there was the bad, and the end result was basically a lot of ugly. But it wasn't all bad, was it? No, not exactly. So let's talk about uh, some of the things that I think were biggest disappointments. And no, I'm not done with all of the film stuff yet. I want to make sure that I get it right, so I'm not going to rush it. But uh, physicality, fail, right? That's number one biggest glaring thing that I think stands out over this game is the Central Arkansas have some guys. Yeah, that's why we covered some of the guys that they have that are potential next-level guys that are size-wise going to be capable to, to give us a lot of matchup issues. But we should have out-physicaled them. And by the fourth quarter, I think you definitely did see some of that. Now, we did make a concerted effort to run the ball, which is frustrating. And I'm glad that Mike Gundy chewed the offensive staff out because we need to be able to identify that, hey, this is not what we prepared for. The defense that they're running right now is not the defense that, prepared, that we prepared for. They're running more of a defense, likewise, to X, Y, and Z. And regardless, whether it's an even man front, odd man front, they're standing up eight dudes, it doesn't matter. you got to be able to adjust. We obviously didn't do a crap ton of that offensively, so I'm glad Gundy chewed into the O staff. But them changing their scheme has nothing to do with physicality. We should win at the point of attack more often than not this season. Uh, another another big thing was why abandon what you've just spent months working on to start throwing the ball like old school again? Why why did we work on going under center? Why did we work on a little bit more of the heavy packaging, not quite 23 jumbo, but, you know, a lot of 12 personnel. We can run some 21 personnel technically out of it, whether you want to designate the fullbacks as tight end or, or keep them as a fullback regardless we have different packages that we've been working on. We've been doing a lot of under center stuff. We've been doing a lot of gap sound uh, running scheme. Yes, there's still going to be some zones sprinkled in, of course. But why did we practice all of this power stuff to come out here and throw the ball over and over and over and over again? The only explanation that makes any sense is 
We wanted to give the quarterbacks equal number of pass plays for the most part, even though we didn't exactly do that because the play calling in the fourth quarter was not the same play calling as the second quarter, right? But we'll get on to that here in a bit. But run the daggone ball. Run the ball. If you give the same running platform in the fourth quarter as you give the same running platform in the first quarter, I I think this is a a little bit of a different look. All right. Yeah. Not a lot of Kendall Daniels and Colin Oliver sightings. Kendall Daniels had a decent stat line. Colin Oliver, I understand, is still in adjustment phase. Do we still have faith that he can cover the flats and get to the seams? Yeah, I, I think so. Now, Trey Rucker covering the flats may be a little bit more of a precarious situation than I had thought initially. His aggressiveness was okay. Not as crazy of an animal that I anticipated either. But maybe, again, where we're holding some things back. I'm hoping that's the case. Another big thing for me was defensive line. We got push, but it wasn't indicative of the numbers when it comes to sacks and tackles for loss. And I know you look up in the fourth quarter and you got five sacks. feel like it's a pretty good day from a productivity standpoint. But when you're in the backfield a lot, you should have more numbers that equal that, in my personal opinion. Uh, the biggest disappointment to me, I think, was maybe the, the handling of the fourth quarter. Was this strictly, as it appears, scripted, we're going to give Gunder X amount of snaps no matter what? If that's the case, then, okay, you get a little bit of a leeway here. But it almost looked like the normal fourth quarter conserva mode that Gundy sometimes gets on. I think the quarterback competition in the battle clearly has a hand in this. But I, I, I question sticking with Gunner there. And again, guys, I'm the one who gives Gunner the spring MVP. All right? I love Gunner. He's way better than people have been giving him credit for. But I'm not jumping on the, oh, he needs to start right away, Cliff, either. I just I, I want to make sure that that fourth quarter is not the model that we're going to see again. I was hoping for some all gas, no breaks, leave no quarter, show no mercy, have no excuses, put our foot on people's throats from the beginning of the game all year. We did not get that game one, not at all. And then the the conservative, you know, stuff kind of popped its ugly head back up. I'm going to give it a pass here because it's competition. All right. I just don't want to see. The model of the last year, last two years, really, repeated. Yes, we did go conservative quite often in 2021. It could have bit us multiple times. And Jaden Rashada, the Arizona State quarterback, he was a big-time four-star that had offers from literally everybody in the SEC and beyond for a reason. So are we better than Arizona State? Yeah. Are they going to test us more than Central Arkansas? Yeah. So physicality and some of these these things need to be addressed. And I know that that's kind of the emphasis on some of this week. Now, some of the good, though, right? Some of the things that we've been seeing for the last few months, from spring, fall, to the game, what translated to that what we've been seeing equal to that amount of production on the field, Gunnar Gundy, Gary Rangel. Not a big surprise. Right, Garrett Rangel's been the most consistent since day one this spring, which is why he's been right there neck and neck with Alan Bowman for this entire time. Gunnar Gundy was the most 
unexpected, right? He wasn't expected to do a lot. Spring comes back three days before first scrimmage, first scrimmage, throws multiple touchdowns, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, he did mature a little bit more. I'm still not done with the film. Again, I don't want to get this thing wrong because there is a lot of people that now all of a sudden think that Gunner Gunny should be starting. We'll save a little bit of that. But they both did what they've been doing, what they've did, what they've done this spring, what they've done this fall is exactly what they did in the game. I like that. Elijah Collins and Ollie Gordon, they also look like how they've been looking for the last couple months. So it was nice to see that. I could say, you know, I, I would like to see a little bit more out of Jaden Nixon as far as putting his foot in the ground, making a decision, getting north to south, as they say, and just getting upfield. He tried to dance too much, tried to get a little bit QT2T, in my personal opinion, but Elijah and Ollie look good. That's even a, a bigger deal for Jaden, is you've got a, a pretty tight running back room. So there's not a big differentiation. You need to be putting yourself in a position to, to Jalen Warren this thing as opposed to L.D. Brown this thing. L.D. Brown was a pretty good back, but he always wanted to bounce it outside. He was always looking for the home run instead of just being a running back. I want to see a little bit more out of the, that out of Jaden Nixon. Another good thing, defensive line. Again, a lot of push. We were in the backfield a lot. We were getting the quarterback off of his platform, making him kind of bail out of the pocket a little bit early, making him speed up his progressions, which did, did cause some incompletions that did get us off the field. But statistically, need more tackles for loss, need more sacks, right? Like the push, just need to finish a little bit more, a little bit more eye discipline maybe. Uh, Deshaun Stribling had a very good connection with Garrett Rangel. That was a positive. Brent Presley did exactly what he's been doing all spring and fall, just like Deshaun Stribling. Justin Kirkland, Colin Clay, they both ate up double teams very, very well. They did a good job, you know, giving some opportunities to the linebackers. I don't think the linebackers did as much as I thought they would maybe do. Um, we have a little bit of an update there with Justin Wright. We'll get to in a second. Obviously, you got to talk about the drops. Unfortunately, Alan Bowman's got the worst end uh, of the stick, I guess you could say, because he, people dropped more passes when he was in the game than the other two quarterbacks. But, yeah, that's, to me, uh, nuts and bolts without kind of fully doing the, the film stuff. That's kind of what I see. Obviously, you let me know down in the comment section. If you think uh, any of it's crazy and any, any of it's absolutely spot on, if you think you would have some adjustments, some disagreements, please like it if you like it, dislike it if you don't. Let me know down in the comment section. Before we get on to Justin Wright and the comfortability factor there that we have a linebacker, comfortability should not be something that you're concerned with. So if you haven't had the opportunity yet to go purchase your bird dogs, come on, y'all. You're missing out. Like, you know I love my bird dogs. I love my Bill Bar. There's a lot of things that kind of uh, trip my trigger, per se. But these bird dogs are the stretch khaki shorts that are designed for the best fit for you. They have the, the slim design. They have good thigh and leg room. They give you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same as like the Lululemon, but they fit better, feel better, look better. You're dressed for any occasion instantaneously. Um, these are probably my favorite here. 
these bird dog shorts right here. You got the zippers. You got the fancy material. You got the boxers built in. These boxers happen to match my eyes. That's pretty cool. This is the best thing that I could potentially ever pitch, especially for clothing. So help yourself. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on XXX. Enter that promo code locked on XXX. You can get a lot of different things. Right now, you're going to get a free water bottle with the, the, the best logo in the game for the best clothing in the game. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on XXX for a free water bottle at your checkout today. Once you put your bird dogs on, you ain't going to want to take them off. We can promise you that. That's a promise they can deliver on. All right, so as you probably already heard or seen or read, Justin Wright does have a knee injury. Initially, it was ruled as pretty serious, most likely a torn MCL out for the season. After a little bit of a further evaluation, turns out they don't think it's quite that severe. He put out on his social media, he should be back in like five weeks. Hopefully that's the case because, again, small sample size, but I liked what I saw on film. I liked what I saw on film out of Nicholas Martin as well. Donovan Stevens obviously showed up quite a bit. I think some of that could be the factor of the quarter, how late in the game, so on and so forth. But now you know Donovan Stevens is going to have to play a bigger part. I also expect the Stiller High School native, Gabe Brown, to get a little bit more PT as well. He's like uh, a Justin Wright Jr., right place, right time, has a lot of the tenacity. He's a Stiller High kid, so you know it means a little bit more to him. We, we knew we had more depth at linebacker as of two weeks ago than we did all spring, all fall. And now it's going to get tested a little bit. You know, I, I do expect a little bit more out of Xavier Benson. Maybe there's just a game where everybody's kind of filling each other out. Preston Wilson, that's a big one. You know, Mike Gundy alluded to the fact that he was missing the game and it wasn't injury-related. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he specifically said it wasn't. I can only tell you what I can tell you. And what I'm being told by a couple different people that haven't steered me wrong yet is it is an injury. It's nothing major. He will travel. Don't exactly know if that means he's going to be playing a whole heck of a lot or not. I would assume so. If you're going to take up one of the traveling spots for somebody, it's probably somebody that can play, right? But, yeah, I'm being told it is, in fact, a, a, a very minor injury. You've heard some stuff out here. Maybe it's class-related. Maybe it's off-field. Maybe it's locker room. I'm hearing it's none of that. It's just a, a little minor injury that needs to be kind of observed a little bit more before we get in the meat and tater section of the schedule. Nothing that's going to require surgery or a bunch of missed time off. So hopefully that is the case and he's available and ready to rock and roll in Tempe. If not, yeah, I think we've got some questions. You know, Joe Mikulski, okay. Taylor Materko, okay. Dalton Cooper, did not look very, very solid. Put, put that one out there. Cole Birmingham got beat a decent amount. That pick that Garrett Rangel threw, that was on Cole Birmingham. Should Garrett have thrown it? Probably not. There's no need there. You've already driven that successfully all the way down the field. You're in a really good position to score. Don't need to take that, that chance. But, yes, that was a, a bad whiff, terrible whiff by Cole Birmingham. You know, they don't have a Siaka Ika, Justin Kirkland type of dude. Thank goodness their defensive ends were good. David Walker is as advertised. But I would also say their offensive line 
did not look all that great. That was probably uh, one of the bigger concerns for me. And in that same breath, Jake Springfield has an ankle injury. That one is being talked about, assuming just because it's a little bit more public knowledge. Obviously, Justin Wright, when he puts stuff out at social media, I don't know if that's something Oklahoma State wanted him to do or not, but we appreciate it. Like We, we like to know what's kind of going on. So thank you, Justin Wright. Hopefully it's just uh, you know what you're thinking right now, and we see you back here in the next few weeks. That would be absolutely fantastic. But, uh, yeah, Jake Springfield's going to be limited. He's going to be taped up, you know, going through some of the rehab stuff. Don't know if he's going to get the start. I would assume that we do, in fact, start Dalton Cooper over there, keep Cole Birmingham at left tackle, although it didn't look great. Maybe it was just, you know, first-game jitters. First-game jitters were a little bit, a little bit of concern. Tight ends, we left them open a lot. I've counted already at least four or five times, at least that the wide receiver was wide or the tight end was wide open. I think that's um, a positive thing moving forward. Justin Wright, hopefully you're back soon. Jake Springfield, hopefully you're back soon. Preston Wilson, hopefully you're back pretty quickly because obviously we could use you, buddy. And then, yeah, the, the quarterback competition. So I do find it wild that we're having a, a little bit of a Will Howard scenario, right? Will Howard being the Kansas State quarterback that everybody, not everybody, but 95% of fans didn't think he needed to even be at K-State. They didn't think he was a D1 quarterback. They thought he was a waste of a scholar spot, scholarship spot. They just they didn't understand why he was on the team, let alone even in Manhattan, Kansas. And then he leads him to the season last year, and now he's like the hometown hero that everybody loves. Are we jumping on that with Gunnar Gundy? Could be. We put an emphasis on running the ball in the fourth quarter, second half. That was kind of helpful. You know, the, the recency bias thing, he closed out the game, and we did get the win. It was ugly, super ugly. But we did we did get the dub. He wasn't shaken uncontrollably. He didn't look confused, didn't look scared. He looked pretty poised. That was a beautiful deep ball. Definitely the pass of the game was the deep ball to Jaden Bray. But I think the best passer on the day was still Garrett Rangel. I haven't seen anything in film yet that tells me that Gunnar Gundy had a better day than Garrett Rangel yet. He looked more in control. He looked to have more poise. He was the only one that was staying in the pocket. Both Alan Bowman and Gunnar Gundy were bailing after a, a couple reads, which I found a little bit odd, especially from Alan Bowman. A, you've had a large injury history. B, you're not the most fleet of foot guy in the world. And C, you've been touted as somebody who's working on staying in the pocket. And you buy more time in the pocket, or at least you have been. So to see Alan Bowman... Bailing out of the pocket after just going through a couple reads without having a lot of pressure, that was a concern to me. Gunnar Gunny did the same thing, but Gunnar Gunny's got some wheels on him, so it you know, makes it look a little bit better. It's a bigger, bigger glaring issue when Alan Bowman does it because Alan Bowman doesn't have the ability to take off and make something out of nothing and do some of the stuff that Gunnar Gunny has. So Gunnar Gunny gets a little bit of a longer leash, in my personal opinion, on those style of plays. And again, I don't think those were scripted. I don't think those were all designed rollouts. 
I think that was a little bit of hidden panic mode, which you didn't see much out of Garrett Rangel. Garrett Rangel was the one that manipulated and stayed within the pocket the best. He had the, the tightest spiral, definitely had the most zip on the ball. That was probably the biggest improvement. I knew he'd put on weight, right? I knew he'd kind of done some stuff with the wide receivers, but the zip on the ball live was a massive breath of fresh air. He just he wasn't big enough last year. And part of not having the right size, I think, showed in his ability to push the ball down the field with some authority. And again, I think Alan Bowman gets a little lost in the wash here because of the drops, right? We, we had some drops out of some uncharacteristic guys. Blaine Green, man, that was, again, maybe jitters. Maybe just getting back in the flow of things jitters could be. Rashad had an, uh, Owens had a nice grab. I think Talon Shetron looked pretty good. Leon Johnson, the third, he looked pretty good. You know, he didn't get any throws necessarily, but he was out there. He was competing. He was playing, getting some blocks, using his size to his advantage. I liked it. We used Brennan Presley in some of the Arlen Bruce-style packaging that we had. I'm glad we didn't completely shelf that. We we shelved what we've been doing for the last few months completely. Like, all right, here's what we're going to work on. Here's what we're going to do every day for weeks. And then game one, we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to go back to last year's playbook for the most part, and we're going to air it out and see see what happens. I just We didn't establish anything that game. We didn't establish the physicality. We didn't establish who was going to be the main culprits of the success of the game in the trenches. We didn't hand the ball off enough. We threw the ball way too daggone much. Our reads were very, very quick. I think that was purposeful. I'm hoping that was pur purposeful. It was one, two, three, ball, out. Which is partially why you got people like Quentin Stewart and Josiah Johnson standing over on the, on the numbers, standing there, wide open, with nobody around them. I think Garrett had a really, really, really good decision when he could have rushed for the first down, but he got pretty close to the line and kind of flipped his body sideways, got his shoulder square to the sideline, got his numbers facing the numbers, got a good ball out. Ollie Gordon gets a good good play. We had a couple big chunk plays that were called back that would have changed some of the statistics of the game. We needed 4.8 yards of carry. We got 4.8 yards of carry, which is exactly why I think we should lean on it some more. I'm hoping that we see more of that in Tempe. But I am a little bit scared as well. Because I know what we've been practicing. I know what we've been leaning on. And I know that game one, we threw all of that out the window. I'm assuming just for the competition's sake. But Arizona State's got more dudes. Central Arkansas had some guys who were going to test us. But Arizona State has way more that will legitimately give us every test we want. Now, they laid a dud in their W-2. They played a decent team like we did, too. There's a lot of comparable things here, which is exactly why if you don't go to Tempe, Arizona, and from the get-go, out of the jump, out of the gate, sock them in the mouth and show them you're going to be the most physical, aggressive, nasty, mean team from the very beginning of the quarter being flipped before the ball's ever even put into the air. If you do that, the rest will follow. If you build it, they will come, right? 
if you set the tone, it's infectious. It is. I mean, this is a, no, no matter any level, any level of football. I mean, heck, even Pop Warner. If you're playing for a state title and you got to go to their place, but you start the game busting heads, probably going to win. You hear about in, in fight, UFC fights all the time. Big-name guys, guys that have won multiple titles. Talk about the fact that there's times that, oh, I got uncomfortable here. I really wanted to cash it out here. I really kind of want the game to be over here. You hear it. You see it. Sorry, I had a technical issue there. Um, yeah, I, we've done some good stuff. There was the good, there was the bad, there was the ugly. Just don't keep giving it to us. Yes, we're still going to take the over, ladies and gentlemen. We are still taking the over. So make sure that you have got yourself squared away with a fan duel recently. Guys, the college football season is here. You know, the NFL football season is here. And it's time to get your money right. Get your money game up. Do yourself a favor. If you haven't downloaded the FanDuel app, go there right now. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. There's a reason it's America's number one sports book. Right now, you can bet five bucks and get 200 back in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet the $5 will get $100 off of their NFL Sunday ticket purchase from YouTube or YouTube TV. Now, this is the best time. Right now, to join FanDuel, the app is super secure, safe, easy to use. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, many more. Head to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season with this offer that you will not want to miss. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there now. Visit FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, yeah, if, if I'm putting together the game plan for Arizona State, I think, in fairness, Gunnar Gundy did nothing less than squarely put him, himself as number two. So, I would start Garrett Rangel. I would follow it with Gunnar Gundy. And then I would see what Alan Bowman could potentially do there at the end. Or completely flip it. Start Gunner Gundy. See what he can do. And then let Garrett come in and, and, and bail him out if it doesn't go great. I'm cool with either. And I think Alan Bowman, you know, just got a bad look, got a little bit of a bad rap because of the wide receiver drops. If our wide receivers are hanging on to the ball and we're moving the ball down the field, I, I do think that even Alan Bowman definitely looks a little bit better. It's still a competition. I hope that they don't divide the series up quite as evenly. I'm not done with the film, but I'm still of the camp that Garrett Rangel definitely looked like the best of the three 
He looked like the most comfortable. Now, I liked the spark out of Gunner. That was that was fun. That was nice to see. We needed to see that. Guys, uh, I, we're still hammering the over. I definitely still think we can win 10 games. But just like I've said before, we could win 10 with Alan Bowman. We could win 9-10 with, with Garrett Rangel. We can win 7-plus with Gunnar Gundy. To me, that shouldn't change just because we decided to script ourselves almost into obscurity in this first game. It did almost come back to bite us. When they scored late in the third quarter, that's when I thought maybe we should do some stuff here, go back to Garrett. But we we, we let that fire play out with Gunner, and at the end of the day, he got it done. I'm 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 intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what we do in Tempe. Run the ball more. Lean on what we've been working on. Show the world this is new. If we're trying to stick with the same offense as last year to get us to conference play, I don't know that that's the best recipe. But who knows? All right, y'all. That's all we're going to have for this one. You know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. And as always, I appreciate you tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked on Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. I love that you choose to be here. All right, y'all. Later, taters.